Yeah, it's kind of bittersweet. The very last class on, on President Nelson's words. It's been such a fun trip uh, studying his uh, messages in depth and really, uh, I don't know, solidifying my testimony a hundredfold of uh, his being um, called and foreordained to, to be the apostle, uh, an apostle and a prophet at this time. <clears throat> Sorry, <laughs> I might not have very many words tonight, dang it. <clears throat> um, but uh, tonight we're going to be uh, kind of studying and looking through three different videos since, that he's put out since becoming prophet. Uh, the first that we're going to look into is um, his special witness of the living Christ and his atonement. So all of the apostles back in uh, 2000 did the, the living Christ series or special witness series sorry and um anyway he did his back then and it was in front of the salt lake temple uh but this one when he became prophet on his worldwide ministry tour he filmed uh the second one to um add to his his previous testimony there which is interesting <clears throat> we haven't had anybody uh refilm theirs so like monson when he um was put in uh didn't go back and, and refilm another one and so it was interesting to have nelson do that <clears throat> but anyway uh diving into that one if if you have your books um page 35 it's chapter 10 and in, in my compilation but if not that's totally fine it's just a a short little um powerful testimony of uh, our lord jesus christ <clears throat> so uh, having re-listened to that and, and everything, what stood out to you guys as you were um, pondering his words? And um, I, I tried to take it really slow and I would pause after each paragraph and just kind of think about the, the weight of, of the words, etc. But anyway, I'd just love to hear your guys' thoughts. I'm going to pull it up. Does anybody remember... Uh, where he stood uh, when he did the first one, the Living Christ. Yeah, in front of the Salt Lake Temple, it was at night. Oh, uh huh. Yeah, it was kind of. He sat on a a cement bench outside the Salt Lake Temple with it in the background, all lit up. Uh huh. It was fun to kind of compare the two. Yeah, so like what did he add in the second one that he didn't have in the first one? Did you kind of compare them? I I watched it the other one last week, so I don't know exactly like uh -huh. point for point and stuff. Um, but this one, he was going through uh, many of the different locations there in Jerusalem where, you know, he didn't uh -huh. do that with the other one. He was focused on ordinances and, and things like that in um the one that he gave back in 2000 uh, but here he's going through each uh, individual aspect of um, the atonement and, and the different locations there in Jerusalem yeah it... wanting to solidify and having be all about Christ yeah. there it was interesting when he starts out so his first paragraph says that whenever I come to this great city of Jerusalem, I feel a renewed reverence 
for him who made this land holy. And I thought that was an interesting way to start it. So, um, you know, we talk about renewal a lot, but what are we renewing exactly? It's a renewed reverence. And um, anyway, I, I just kept pondering that throughout the day. Like, what does that mean to have a renewed reverence? And how can I implement that same principle into my life of um, renewing um, that specific uh, quality or, or whatever? I'm sorry. I thought it said it was on page 35. But what page is it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's page 35 of uh, the book of Nelson, volume two. So um, no, maybe I'm in one. I, no, I am in volume two. In volume two. Mm-hmm. Um, so up at the top, does it say um, fifth, fifth Nelson, uh, chapter nine, 109? No, it says one Nelson, eight, four through 12. Oh, so that's in, in volume one. Oh, 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 okay. It says volume one V2. So that's what confused me. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So okay. that means version two. Um, yeah. As I've went back and corrected typos and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't have room to bring my books with me. So that only has volume one on it. So I need volume two. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you have it handy or do you want me to email it to you real quick? No. I'm looking. Volume two, I found it. Okay. All righty. Yeah, I should have known that. Well, I did. I looked and I thought it said volume two. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're good. Ah, <sighs> okay. That's why I was all confused. 35. Okay. And so it should say that five Nelson up at the top. Yeah. Um Three, four. Okay. Now I'm on page 35. Yep. Five Nelson. All right. I am set up and ready to go now. <clears throat> um, now I can't remember what you said. <laughs> A renewed reverence. Is that what it was? Uh huh. Yeah, I was just kind of reflecting on that first verse there. Um, he said that he felt a renewed reverence for him who made this land holy, and so I was just contemplating on, on what that entails and and how we can implement that same principle in our lives of renewed reverence. Um, Go to Jerusalem. Yeah, <laughs> making pilgrimages. Huh? No, but I was. <laughs> I was thinking, shouldn't we be doing that every time we take the sacrament? Yes. Yeah, there's great power in the renewal, isn't there? Yeah. And it also reminds me of his talk. Well, he's given several talks about it since he's been prophet about making our home holy and like the temple. Mm-hmm. Especially during COVID, didn't he talk about making our home like a temple since the temples were closed? Yeah. So when they implemented Come Follow Me, he issues that a lot. And then when we're actually in COVID, he uh, reiterates that uh, quite a few times, actually. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what it makes me think of. Yeah, for sure. So question, one thing, because uh, when I went through this uh, talk, 
I, I challenged myself to only ask questions, not just write my notes, but uh, just try to think of thought provoking questions and stuff. And the, the first one that came up was when did he make this land holy uh, referring to, to Jerusalem? And so I was kind of pondering on that today as well. You know, was it his mortal ministry or was it before that? Um, when did he, like, what does it mean to make something holy? And when did he do that? <clears throat> but I don't know, just throwing that out there. I, I have lots of different questions, but I don't necessarily expect answers because I'm still pondering on that myself. I was, it's interesting because I was kind of thinking, you know, yesterday as I was packing and cleaning and getting ready to leave, I was listening to Gay Strathern on the Follow Him podcast for Come Follow Me. Yeah. I don't usually like listening to those because I feel like it's a crutch. Maybe I should be learning more on my own. But anyways, I just had it on and it was kind of in the background and, you know, it was Ruth and Naomi and Boaz and Samuel and I was just thinking about that land and how that's like the beginnings, you know, we have all the old Testament there and yet, I don't know. I was just, I don't know. I was just thinking about the garden of Eden was over in this land and how did they get there? And then that's where everything was and why. And that's a holy land, but then it also makes me think, is the Book of Mormon land a holy land? Like, I don't know. I don't really know how to say what I was thinking, but mm -hmm. just, I don't, I guess it's go, kind of is the same thing that we can make our homes holy. It's just where we are and what we do. Those stories are all what we call took place in the holy land. Mm -hmm. yet there wasn't always holy things going on there I mean you had Sodom and Gomorrah and I just don't think that the sons of Israel were that righteous of men they did a lot of bad things mm -hmm. but still it's the holy land and we revere it and and we revere where temples are but wouldn't it be nice if we could make our own holy land Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's a, uh, the interesting point, like you point out there with uh, President Nelson inviting us to, um, to become holy uh, in the recent youth devotional, you know, with Wendy uh, asking us to, to ponder what would a holy young adult do? Um, well, that's right. Yeah. Like, it's all about this, this holiness. And even in the other two videos, he, he mentions that purpose of, of becoming holy. Uh, stand ye in holy places be not moved well um, it's a, a common theme yet sometimes i think we just kind of sweep it under the rug because we're not quite ready for it or don't understand it quite or, or something but well it's interesting and you guys may have noticed this too but as i've been making changes in what we watch and what we do and how we spend our time so we don't even really watch tv that much okay like never and, um, but sometimes I'll get on Netflix and I'll watch something, but just not very often. And 
Um, so we got here to Utah and our, we went to our son and daughter-in-law's house with our two grandsons. And we were all talking, our daughter had picked us up from the airport and they said, Braden's our son, Braden said, Oh, there's this really good show. We asked Dalton to download it onto Plex for us. You would like it. I don't remember what it was like a one word name, like Severn or something. I don't know. And Julia goes, yeah, but I don't think mom and dad would like that very much because they swear a lot in it. And that, and Kurt goes, do they, do they, is it a lot? Like, is it the F-bomb? And Julia's like, oh yeah, it's a lot. And Braden's like, yeah, maybe you guys wouldn't watch it. So it was just really funny because, you know, they, I don't want to say, it's kind of like they recognize the change, but they haven't stepped into it yet. Mm-hmm. But but they kind of like, if one person will say, oh, this is a really good movie, you should watch it. Then they kind of protect us and say, yeah, I don't think you'll like it. Or they'll say, oh, this was a really good show. I think even you would like it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just funny watching, you know, I haven't, obviously I haven't imposed anything on them because none of them are under my house anymore. But when they're in my home, they're also careful what they watch and what they bring in, but it's just interesting because they haven't made that change yet to doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's just the quiet influence you have to have, right? And and it's hard because you want them to come along with you, but you can't judge. Yeah, it has it's, to be their own uh, choice and mm-hmm. and desire and stuff. Well, and my husband and I were talking about this the other day about how. Christ just, oh, and I think Heavenly Father is the same way, but, you know, that's okay if you want to choose to do that. I'll just patiently wait for you. And if that's how you choose to live life and you're making, you know, you're making that decision to not obey the word of wisdom fully, but that's okay. I'm just here waiting for you. Mm-hmm. No, and, and I was telling him that I just don't think that, that we're judged judged you know like condemning there's not this shame on you from the lord it's more okay if that's how you you know if that's what you want to experience in life those are the lessons you want to learn that's fine Mm -hmm. you know and even you know a lot of times we learn hmm, well it kind of reminds me of the story remember this the story about the man who um, his, almost his entire family, his pregnant wife was killed by the kid that was the drunk driver. Mm-hmm. And so he was thrown into a life experience. Um, it wasn't his choosing, but what was his choosing is how he reacted and experienced it. Right. Yeah. It's not even sometimes the choices that we make, but it's the, as far as what experiences we're going to have, not like the kid who was drunk driving, you know, he had a totally different experience than the dad, but also it was a better experience for him and had lasting change because of how the dad chose to experience it. And so it's interesting that they just sit back and, you know, we often wonder why isn't he there? Why isn't he telling us what to do? And I don't think that's what it always is. I think he Let's us choose what experiences we want in this life, mm-hmm. whether we it's by our own personal choice 
on what we experience or how we react to somebody else's choice. We still get to choose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And you know, like the, the root term for, for holiness is peculiar, becoming a peculiar people, somebody who, who choose to live in, in a different way. And so um, being set apart, uh, being just choosing, you know, uh, that agency is, is all about that. And, and Christ is ready to, to bless us. You know, there's divine laws that allow blessings to flow into our lives. But yeah, like you said, I don't think there's a, a condemning bone in his, in his body. Okay. He's just sitting there waiting like, okay, if that's what you want to do, I'm going to bless you as much as I can under the, the choices that, that you're making kind of thing. And, and we do that with kids when we raise them, you know, it's like, okay, you can put your shoes on or, or you can go walk in the dry weeds and get thistles in your feet, you know, because <laughs> that's where we're going. We're going to walk in a not very nice place, but, you know, and, and you let your kids choose. Oh, that's a bummer. Did you, you know, did you decide not to wear your shoes this time, you know, and just let them learn by consequence but and i guess that's kind of what it is when you said that like a peculiar people it's like we can choose to act differently by being holy which goes back to sister nelson's talk or we can choose to be unholy and react in an unholy way yeah also i loved that was interesting in verse two, that Jesus Christ was the creator of this and other worlds to put it out there. Like we don't usually talk about that, yeah. not out in the open to, for others outside our faith to believe we talk about it, but we don't really put it out there. Yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Because mm -hmm. I mean, it's just that second nature thing to us, but. Mm -hmm. you know. But to someone else, it would be like, wait, what? Yeah, what did he just say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He tends to do that with a lot of things, a lot of topics. He puts it out there mm -hmm. just like, well, well, you know, take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah, because he's going to testify. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's so unapologetic, right? Yeah, for sure. This is another thing in verse four. <clears throat> I've, been, I've been kind of pondering about healing the sick, causing the lame to walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, and he raised the dead. And I was pondering. Really I was pondering about that the other day. About do we like why don't we get those miracles? And yet, maybe our miracles are different miracles. And we don't recognize them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe ours are more, these are all physical ailments. And yet we don't all have physical ailments. A lot of times they're emotional, financial, I don't know. Like I'm sitting here, um, my daughter is living in the apartment they're going to, they rented for when they get married. And so Spencer was over here and I asked him, I said, so um, they had moved into our ward one summer while we were gone. 
and we came back and they had moved in and he was telling, I go, so where did you live before? And he goes, Virginia. And I said, oh, I bet you were sad to leave. And he goes, yeah, we really were. And we found this house. It was like beautiful. It was perfect. It had a casita in the backyard, a pool, a spa. It was huge. The price was right. We all wanted it. And mom was like, no, I don't think I want that home. And she thought about it a couple of days and she was like, okay, I want that home. And um, they put an offer in it, but somebody else had just put an offer in and they'd already accepted it. So they didn't get that home. So that's how they ended up living in our ward. They would have been in a completely different stake. Now, my daughter and Spencer have never really dated before they got engaged because they grew up together and they've known each other for six years. He was my husband's ministering companion. They were just like best of friends. Julia had a boyfriend back then. And he's like, you know, you want to date, you know, you like him. You should just go date him. And Joey's like, no, that's weird. He's like my brother. I'm not dating him. And here they are getting married now. And I was like, isn't that funny? You guys were so sad to leave Virginia and you were sad that you didn't get that house. But if you hadn't, you and Julia wouldn't be getting married today. And that I was like, that's a miracle. We were just talking about that. And I don't know if we always recognize, like at the time they were all upset at mom, he said, <laughs> and for how many years, six years, they didn't know that that was a miracle. And so sometimes we don't always look back at the miracles we've had because they're not immediate. Like the, he healed the sick, caused the lame to walk. I mean, we see those, we read them and they're so immediate. And sometimes our miracles take a little longer and sometimes they're years, sometimes decades. And so we don't always, we, we fail to recognize them, but I think we get really big miracles today, maybe even more miraculous than this. We just don't recognize it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like it because you know, this is just a, a small list there in, in verse four, you know, the lame to walk blind to hear, and they're all very physical. Uh, like much of the Old Testament, it's kind of the physical uh, manifestation of it versus the, the spiritual things that we see too. Yeah, like we get a lot of, I think we just have a lot of spiritual, a lot of emotional healing. Ours is not, I don't know, ours can be physical also. But I don't think, I don't think that's what our miracles are supposed to be today. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, one thing that I was pondering a lot on today was verse seven, where it says that in the garden, the olives had been pressed under the great weight to squeeze precious oil from the olives. In like manner, Jesus was literally, literally pressed under the weight of the sins of the world. There he sweat great drops of blood, his life's oil, which issued from every pore. And so I, I was thinking, because anytime a prophet especially is throwing out the word literally i <laughs> i want to take it literally and so i was like okay so i mean here we have stones that are actually pressing out oil from the pores of an olive and what is the the stone that is is pressing out the the blood from christ's pores and stuff and so i mean it literally it, <laughs> it literally it says it right there you know, pressed under the weight of the sins of the world. So is there some, 
I don't know. And this is just kind of a, a silly question that I, I posed in my head, but is there a actual physical literal weight to sins and when they're compounded does is that what caused this every poor phenomenon that we uh hear about in doctrine and covenants when christ is describing it anyway it just caused me to, to really ponder today uh, upon um natural and, and physical laws you know uh, i've been reading that that book the the spiritual physics of light and it's just opening up my mind in many different ways to the laws that that the lord works under both physical spiritual uh emotional all of those things look and, what came in the mail oh yeah is that what? the one you're talking oh no this is a different one <gasps> did i order the wrong book didn't i uh -huh, yeah that's that's different but that looks oh. equally as amazing well, sorry, I was all excited. I just realized the wrong book. Okay. Yeah, this one. Yeah, I was all yeah. excited. You don't it? Yeah, uh, mine just came. Mine just came. A yeah. friend ordered a copy, and so I got one too. So, but I yeah, can't wait to read it. Who's that other author, Alethea? That I don't know, Jack Shoop. Who's that? The physical. But look, I think you guys did. You guys recommend this somewhere? Because I looked it up when we were talking, the physics of spiritual momentum. And that's what we were talking about last week, going along with President Nelson's talk, spiritual momentum, right? Yeah, I, it's very intriguing. Now I want to study both of them. <laughs> I know. Look, we even have, ooh, we even have mathematical formulas that look like in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look. Interesting. Yeah, it's called the physics of spiritual momentum by jack shoop sorry i didn't i was right in the middle of you talking in your thought and i was all excited and i even told my husband i got it and i pulled it up on deseret books so i could listen and read along it wasn't until now i realized wrong book <laughs> but yeah i it might be a good thing we might need both of them that's a great one yeah I think somebody recommended it. I got it off of thrift books. Yeah. So, okay. So anyway, sorry, interrupted yeah. you. No, yeah. I was just talking about uh, just pondering upon laws, um, both physical, spiritual, and temporal, just well, all the laws that he works under. Well, just like Alicia was talking about earlier on, the he lets us make choices. He's kind of bound to make us, let us make choices because of the agency, we have our agency and that's internal law. And so of course he lets us make those choices, but he also tells us what the consequences are gonna be if, if we make those choices. Yeah, he's kind of like, he's always giving the formula, like mm -hmm. here, here's how it works. Here's the, the law. And you can either have the blessing or the curse and uh, depending on what you choose. And yet, like I was talking about putting your shoes on or walking through the thistles, sometimes it's walking through the thistles is what we need. Like that's even what he wants us to do, not to take the easy way out. Yeah. Is to walk through the messiness of life. I don't know. I, you guys probably already know this my entire life. I'm like, I just don't get this family thing. Like, I just don't get it. 
we come here, we get 18 years of baggage. And then we take the next, hopefully 80 years we have after that to figure it out and get rid of it. Like, I really just do not understand this family thing. Like it's not the best plan, but now, and you guys probably already know this. It's just taken me 50 years to figure it out that that's actually the whole plan is to have us walk through the messiness. And that's how we learn. Our family is our schoolroom. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's some really crappy things that happen in families. Um, most people aren't born in really best families. And it's not that families are bad. It's just our perception of the way people are in the family or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm watching our three-year-old grandson. Now he just loved his little brother, but now his brother's one and he walks up and takes his toys. He pushes him down, you know, <laughs> that's the messiness and the baggage that we get. Right. And that's the schoolroom that we've been put in is families. And it's not meant to be beautiful and perfect and idyllic. Yeah. It's and like even with the, the priesthood, right? So we have the Aramic and the Melchizedek priesthood, but um I don't even remember off the top of my head, my brain's kind of blurry, but um where it says that that it's only the patriarchal priesthood or the family order. That will exist in the eternities you know all of those other things are just you know uh, parameters here on on this earth all priesthood is is melchizedek or after the order of the son of god yet um it's really only the patriarchal order that um is eternal and, and ripples on forever it's it's all about that and how many people are like yeah no i don't want to be in that family like <laughs> i do not want that family and so that's what I'm saying. Just because we can put our shoes on to walk through the thistles doesn't mean that's what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're sent to this life with no shoes for that very purpose. Exactly. I, re I just, and talking about the literally pressed under the way, I know you guys have all had this ex experience like this, but I remember about seven years in particular when I was up at the cabin in Idaho and it was time to go home and there were some really tough things I had to face at home. And I just threw myself down on the bed at my knees. And I just said, I can't do this. Don't make me do this. How much longer, how much longer? And I cried and cried and I got nothing. And I stood up and I went to bed and the next day I loaded up the truck and I drove home to face what I had to face, you know, and that's, is that a literal weight as hard as that was for me, you multiply that by all the people in the world. It's not just me. Everybody faces that where mm -hmm. it's like, please. I mean, I was like, please don't make me do this. Isn't that what the savior said? Take this from me and don't make me do this, but I'll do it if it's your will. And for me, you know, I didn't sweat great drops of blood, but I cried a lot of tears. Mm. Don't make, and I just, I did, don't make me do this. Don't make me do this. Yeah. And yeah, it's an interesting, 
principle sometimes to, to learn, especially when we're in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm sure all of you have the same experience of really repenting and just the lightness that you feel. And it's like, wow, what a difference, what a difference. And so that weight being taken off. So literally there has to be a weight that's there. Yeah. It's very interesting principle to, to think about like physical, actual weight of, of sins and, and things. <laughs> yeah. Neil says in, in the chat, fingers crossed, but uh, the Westwoods have been blessed with a great family that loves each other and works together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I find that interesting a lot of times where we all have our different issues right you know some families are, are just amazing and, and great like um my mom's family like hers is is amazing um they i mean they they've had issues throughout the years or whatever but they always resolve them and they're very tight-knit and and very close um versus some other families i'm just like man <laughs> they, they got the short end of the stick they they really have to go through some rough stuff um, and yet, uh, you know, in, in different areas of, of life, like I, I see some people that have to go through medical issue after medical issue and they're, they spend their lives in hospitals. And I'm just like, I'm glad that I've never had to deal with that. I don't know how I would like, you know, you, you do, but, uh, you know, we each have our own custom, uh, little things and stuff. And, um, I'm sure there's, there's plenty of compensatory, um, things that you have to work through uh, when you have been blessed with, with such a, a great family um, but he says that we each are given our heart uh, are given our hearts and challenges in our own ways yeah our own challenges there and and that's kind of the thing too is like you can be a really great family but the, like, I have a friend, oh my gosh, she's the most incredible mom. My kids love her. I love her. We love Becky. Everybody loves her. She's so much fun. She's so, she's just amazing. But her daughter can't stand her. <laughs> Becky is so much fun. We have so much fun together. My, like I said, my kids, like, oh, you know, her son's, Jacob and um, Malcolm, oh, they're coming. Is she coming too? You know, like how many kids when they were teenagers wanted the mom to come? Like she's that fun. But her daughter says, my mom sucks the fun out of everything. <laughs> and, and it's like, what? Everyone's just, in, what is she talking about? And sometimes it's just those personality differences or how things are perceived or we try our hardest, but what we're trying isn't maybe the right thing for that person. And it's just different. And so we can be amazing people, but how it's received, that word received keeps coming to me. How it's received is not the right way. You know, it's not in its intended form. It's received poorly. So yeah um that word receive when we receive the power of the priesthood we receive the holy ghost how do we receive it yeah. um just like my friend's daughter how did she receive her mom not very well yeah so 
only way. I mean, even, yeah. So. Yeah, it comes down to agency always, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but sometimes we have to choose the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is there anything else in, <laughs> yeah, we talked a, a good deal on, on that one. Anything else in um, his uh, Witness uh, of Christ video there? Uh, if not, we'll pop over to the Healing Power of Gratitude. But <clears throat> um, the, the Healing Power of Gratitude video is on page 138. Um, let's see. And then the next one is on just shortly after that. <clears throat> but yeah, this, I don't know. It was so fun going back through all three of these videos and tying them together because there's many common themes throughout them. Um, but just kind of a, a refresher on the healing power of gratitude. Um, let me just read from the, the background story which you can find, I'll put the link here in, in the chat. Sometimes uh, we kind of forget to, to look at the, the background of this one. But anyway, he says, have you ever had the experience of waking up in the middle of the night with a distinct thought or impression? Since beginning my ministry as the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I've had my share of unexpected awakenings. Many of these have proven to be special and sacred moments from God. I want to share one such experience related to the special video message that was released today, November 20th, 2020. A few weeks ago, I woke up in the middle of the night with the thought that I should offer a prayer of gratitude to God for all of his children around the globe. His or thoughts flooded my mind of all of the things for which we should be grateful and how expressing that gratitude could become a healing spirit in our lives. As the inspiration came, specific details, including when and how I should share this message, came to my mind and heart. The video message shared today was not one that came by chance. It was one that came from heaven. And uh, it goes on for a few more paragraphs and stuff, but just that, that background there. So <clears throat> even the delivery of it and the timing of it and, and everything was something that was revealed to the prophet. So um, it was released on Friday, November 20th, 2020 at 11 a.m. So it's interesting that we have two 11s and two 20s. And then it was um, 11 minutes and 46 seconds long. So in that 11 range as well. Um, I, I wonder, I mean, like, I know number symbolism and stuff, but um, it's just interesting why that was even important in the delivery and the the, the format of the video. Um, it was just kind of interesting um, as we got email messages and reminders leading up to the, the message. Um, I don't know. Why did the Lord need it to, to be given in, in that exact way? And... Um, and the the content of it so did you look up the meaning of 11 and 20 um i did let me find it well, out I've got, I've got it pulled up 11 is a number that sim can symbolize disorder chaos and judgment so that's kind of interesting yeah and 20 uh, the number 20 which is one more than 19 is twice 10 it can convey a meaning of complete or perfect waiting period. 
So here you have a chaos and disorder and then a complete and perfect waiting period. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because that's exactly what we were experiencing, right? We yep. were in the 11s and we needed to, to be in the 20s and, and make a transition kind of thing. Well, and in, yeah, in 2020, weren't we in a waiting period after, and it caused a bunch of chaos? Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting too. Yeah. And especially as you um, double numbers or multiply them by themselves, kind of a thing, you know, that 20 and 20 put together is 40, uh, very much like a wilderness motif. Except uh, it was 20, 20, 20. So it was like a 60. <laughs> yeah so you're right and i think that also just puts emphasis on it doesn't it when it's like repeated like that yeah exactly and so you know i'm not saying that um everyone has to apply number symbolism but it's it's very interesting that the lord revealed that um that method and the the parameters of it to be very symbolic in numbers and i wonder how many seen that and recognized it for for what it was and helped apply that i don't know it's, it's just an interesting principle that god still works in numbers and symbolism so i did put in what the number 60 is and this is kind of interesting part of the meaning of the number 60 is derived from the fact that it is considered the threshold of when a person enters the last major phase of their life mm -hmm which I'm not saying we're entering the last major phase of our life, but as our prophet continues to tell us that um, we're preparing for the second coming, isn't that the last major end of anyone? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like the yeah, end of the, the world, the end the of the latter the part of the latter days, the last dispensation. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, and so just reading verse one, uh, the, the very first paragraph of this healing power of gratitude, I find it so interesting. Why does he start off his gratitude video this way? So, you know, we didn't even know that it was supposed to be about gratitude. It was just, Hey, tune into a special message from our prophet. It was very much a, a teaser kind of a thing. Um, and then it starts off this way. And I was like, unsure of like, what is he going to talk about? here uh, given this this introduction so he says during my 96 years of life i have seen a great depression a world war the rise of terrorism hunger and poverty throughout the world i have also witnessed the advent of space travel the internet medical advancements galore and countless other discoveries that delight me and i don't know it was just the, the timing of things that the Lord puts in my path are, are very serendipitous. But, you know, this last week, I just got done transcribing Lance Richardson's um, Hopi prophecies and everything. And that is the best summary of the Hopi prophecies that I could even <laughs> think of. And I'm like, oh, I mean, it's even an order of how Lance Richardson presented them. And so I was like, huh, what, what are the odds that I'm studying that at the same time that I'm reviewing this paragraph right here right now and making connections and um anyway then he he branches into to the rest of his talk but i find that 
introduction so interesting? You know, because we're right in the midst of, of COVID. There's a lot of uncertainty. And um, I don't know. I mean, November, we had already went through a lot of political back and forth on mm-hmm. uh, everything. But, but still, I don't even think that we had seen um, a lot of the brunt of the the coming aftermath yet right um anyway we're still very much in in this like chaotic phase it seems like and then he chooses to to say this hey i went through all of this i went through all of the hopey last day prophecies i mean as well as all the scriptures right i'm just saying the hope because it's fresh on my mind Mm -hmm. and i'm prepared for what's coming because it's going to get worse and we have to have gratitude if we're going to make it through it uh, anyway, it's just, it is such a fun way to, a fun connection as I was uh, reading those two things this week. Um, but yeah, what else stood out to you guys from, from this gratitude talk? Um, I just want to share that it was a testimony that I heard when I was 14 in my ward. And a challenge giving along these same lines of recognizing, well, and I guess I already talked about that, the miracles of the Lord in our life and giving gratitude. And that was how, um, I gained my testimony. Yeah. And so the, what a healing power gratitude was in my life. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that testimony has never wavered. And I just, it's like seared in my mind, that experience that I had of going through the week and just every little thing, giving gratitude to the Lord for and going, wow, he is aware of me and I matter to him. Yeah. To, to learn that so early and have it embedded in stuff is, is amazing. I, I, for one struggle with, with gratitude, honestly, um, sometimes it's hard to express. Sometimes it's hard to remember, you know, especially if you're put on the spot, like, you know, around the Thanksgiving table and you're just like, what are you grateful for? I don't know so many things, but everything. Yeah. <laughs> grateful for everything, <laughs> but to enumerate the the different blessings and how uh, president Nelson here in this talk gives eight different categories uh, for which to, to be grateful for that we can give thanks for this and this and this, um, but just throwing out there, what is the opposite of gratitude? And um, when I was thinking about that, a, a talk came to mind almost as soon as I, I asked that question of myself. And it was Elder Bednar up at BYU-Idaho, the spirit of entitlement. Um, when, we, when we feel entitled to things, we're not grateful for anything. And we think, no, I deserve this. This is my privilege. And you're just not even grateful for the blessings that have been given. And um, Elder Bednar said that there's one thing that can dismantle BYU-Idaho, and that is the spirit of entitlement. And we have to be aware of it at all costs. And um, anyway, that's what came to mind in uh, the opposite of this. And um, where does it, is it in this one that he gives the opposites? It might be in the Eastern one. I can't remember. Second. 
<laughs> I can't even find it. Anyway, it's in one of these three that I <laughs> was studying tonight. Um, he gives the the opposites, and um, like disunity and enmity and hatred, stuff like that. Anyway, it's in there somewhere, but um, uh, very much in that kind of entitlement stream of things. I, I thought that was a because I never thought about the opposite of gratitude before, but um, you know, like I said, that I sometimes struggle with expressing or reflecting upon my gratitude and so it was like okay so what am i suffering because of and how do i fix that in order to properly express my gratitude and so i've got these eight things i've written them down put them by my bedside to to really focus on those this next week uh, make sure that this becomes my entire way of life um to to be grateful for for all things so I'm kind of reminded um, of two things. One is the children of Israel. Weren't they entitled? Yeah. Like, oh, how come you sent us out here? I mean, they just felt entitled. You need to feed us, you know, um, and all of their ingratitude. And the second thing that actually it was the first thing that came to my mind. That was the second. The first one was President Nelson's talk about living below our privilege and which is kind of interesting because that's what we are entitled to and he wants us to grasp it. So we are feeling entitled to things that we're not entitled to, but turning our backs on the ones we are. Yeah. And so, um, so is I, cause at first I was like, oh yeah, like I totally agree with you. Entitled is a really good opposite of gratitude. But I also think that a form of ingratitude is not taking advantage of the things that the Lord wants to bless us with, or that we're entitled to have, like the power of the priesthood, you know, things like that and living below our privilege. So yeah. When they're clearly being offered and rejecting them. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah the ingratitude of rejecting what is ours and wanting what is not ours or another word for that would be covenant coveting covenanting covet coveting <laughs> not covenanting <laughs> coveting so yeah so coveting and rejection of our blessings yeah i love that I did find that list. It, it's the very last verse of this one. Oh, yeah. Wilt thou also help us repent from selfishness, unkindness, pride, and prejudice of any kind so that we can better serve? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the selfishness is the entitlement, right? Mm -hmm. That's coveting. And pride, I think, is what also keeps us from um taking our um living below our privileges right mm -hmm. I, I don't know in my mind i think we're too prideful like oh i don't need that i can do it on my own yeah of our own accomplishments and how we can do it without the loan yeah yeah but yeah it's interesting that um at this time and ever since well i mean he's probably done it all along too but um 
he he's really focusing on healing the whole world and um helping us all gain unity and um acceptance so that we you know put all all sorts of prejudice and, and all of those things aside as we um unite because we have to be united in order to to build zion in our own hearts and as a whole and um that can only be done under the banner of gratitude and anyway it was just interesting there of it's, the timing isn't that what he also talked about in his devotional mm-hmm. the unity and setting aside prejudice yeah it's been a big theme of his exactly and you know even COVID itself was a major catalyst for that that tearing us apart you know even amongst church members we were being picked apart like crazy on just differing opinions uh, medical advice or, or what have you there is there was a lot that was happening and um, extend that out ripple it out to every single issue that is affecting our earth at this time how For much me, we gratitude? me it was a really interesting um is the word experience just the way it played out for me um in learning that here president nelson's been telling us to hear him and so recognizing that just because the lord told me something doesn't mean that he's telling other people like maybe for an example we could use the manna maybe he told some people to pick up the manna but other people he told them not to I mean, that didn't happen, but I'm just saying um, with all of COVID, we have to recognize that the the Lord doesn't give everybody the same answers. Yeah, exactly. And to be Um, okay with that, you know, be okay that revelation isn't universal in every single case. It's a person, it's very personal. And I don't know. I just, um, yeah, I, I don't think that it's a, to flaunt that you do or don't have the vaccine showing what your revelation is, is also very prideful and, um, shaming and, even just doing that, like that's a personal thing um, and, and not advertising what your revelation is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause revelation is a very much a personal affair and, and meant to kind of stay that way in mm-hmm. lots of different things. Uh, if you're yeah. pride and shaming into it, then yeah and i don't think it was done to be i don't think everybody did it to be pride and shaming but to flaunt it i think can kind of have that it it was it caused a lot of emotions in people yeah and anytime that it's going to cause emotions in people big emotions it's probably not the right thing to do yeah and um so anyways that was a real at least for me it was a learning experience as i watched what happened um but yeah it's it's a private it's a private thing our revelation is our revelation 
And my, you know, my revelation may not even be what my children's revelation is or my spouse's revelation. So anyway, I think that's an important lesson and that's part of being united. And um, what was the other word? Not like not having prejudices against people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, his invitation there in 29 and, and 30, well, 28 as well. Um, he invites us to turn social media into our gratitude journal. And um, I find it interesting, some of the, the purpose here. He says, working together, we can flood social media with a wave of gratitude that reaches the four corners of the earth. Perhaps this will fulfill in part the promise God gave to Father Abraham that through his descendants, all families of the earth shall be blessed. And I was just really pondering upon that because I mean, it hit me at the time as well, but it's hit me, especially with retrospect and everything that's happened and stuff. But um, this promise that God gave to Father Abraham and looking forward to specifically our day, especially the year 2020. And how working together, we can send a wave of healing gratitude to the whole earth, the four corners of the earth, because of the technologies that the Lord has given us. Anyway, it was just hitting me in a whole new, whole new way. I took part in that, that gratitude thing, but you know, you guys know, I don't do much with social media anymore, but it's just interesting not being ashamed to to show gratitude and being just living being a a living principle of gratitude and um how i I was trying to like ponder back since this talk how it's ebbed and flowed um in my demeanor and my attitude and everything and it's like huh how can i really make this a, a focused priority so that it doesn't ebb and flow all the time that it can be more at that constant level of exuding gratitude and having that healing um, perpetuate and, and ripple. But as the, the promise that God gave to Abraham and as Abraham's seed that I can be that reflection, I can be that, that moon that reflects the sun's light into the world kind of a thing. Anyway, it was just hitting me in a holy way that was profound tonight. That's really cool. I know I really don't do much on social media either, but I really um, try hard to only post the uplifting things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the gratitude things. Maybe yeah. I should do it more often. Um, yeah, that's what I wonder sometimes too. <laughs> yeah, now that we're studying this talk, maybe... But I've really gotten off of social media a lot. I used to be on it a lot more. But I like how that push to um, make something that we have that can be used um, as an idol or for unrighteous purposes to make us unholy. He is showing us how we can use it in the opposite way 
righteous, to make it righteous, holy, and good. Yeah. While Satan's teaching us to use it the opposite way. Yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I feel like I'm talking the whole time. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> I tell you, my voice is going to be done by the end of the night. I can feel it coming on. <clears throat> but um, so just uh, touching on uh, the peace and hope of Easter address. So it's on page 145. Um, uh, this one, too. I don't know. Looking back, I was like, oh, yeah, the Easter video. I remember there was something about that. But reading through it, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I need to review this one just as often as I do the gratitude one. Uh, I try to put my favorites in rotation so that I listen to them all the time, but I don't know. This one um, hasn't made the list and it needs to, because this is an amazing uh, video, an amazing message. Um, but there in, in verse 12, I invite you to make this coming week truly holy. You know, like we were talking about in that uh, the first video, um, the invitation to be not just holy, but truly holy not just by remembering the palms that were waved in honor of the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem, but by remembering the palms of his hands. Um, I love that play on words. Yeah. And then the invitation to act there in verse 14. Um, I find this very interesting, especially going forward to his 2022 talks. Um, so after all that, I invite you to do something this week to follow his teachings. You might make your prayers more earnest. You could forgive someone or help a friend in need, or you can start today on a new spiritual quest. And it's interesting what, like the, the words that he's using are very mm, soft pitches here versus um, in his uh, invitations in 2022, he's like, no, I invite you. you there's a little bit more um, urgency to it. That's the, the right word, not soft pitches. But, you know, you might do this or you could do this. And then it's like, no, I invite you to forgive someone by Easter. And um, it was just kind of interesting that uh, that play on uh, comparison there. And as he starts it in verse two there, also uh, miraculously, okay, so, <laughs> the backstory uh he's in a plane that's going down the engine caught fire and um anyway the the actual dive of the plane extinguished the fire but um the pilot was able to restore power to the other engine and make a safe landing and i actually made it to the inauguration on time and i found it very interesting because this whole Easter address, I was really resonating and finding lots of matches to the April 2022. And um, his very last talk now is the time and how uh, the power of spiritual momentum and all of these different things are kind of playing on each other. And um, I have written here my notes. I need to go back and study all of his Easter addresses together and uh, kind of take those in a separate way than all of his uh, fall talks. Um, because there's so many connections uh, with these Easter ones that it's about forgiveness and um, uh, uh, 
some of the this unity and stuff, but uh, a lot about praying, caring, and um, and forgiving, which I hadn't put together before. Um, anyway, I'm kind of babbling at this point, but uh, very interesting the connections Easter to Easter there. Um. Oh shoot! There was something I was thinking I wanted to say. Hmm. Can't remember. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking over what you said. I think it's interesting in verse um, seven, he gives us five different becauses. So because of him, this, because of him, this, etc. But there's five of them. And in the gratitude video, there was eight of those. Um, but in this video, there's five. And so it's just interesting how much numbers are really kind of playing into all of his different addresses. <clears throat> Have you noticed like in verse 15, if you are looking for a place to worship, please join with us. And um, I've been noticing invitations like that from him and the, and the apostles a lot more. Like, no. it's not too late to come back. Um, please do it now before it's too late. Things like that. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Um, shoot, I wish I could remember what I was thinking when you were talking. Mm. Oh, I know what I was thinking. So I've been writing a little a little paper about some events that have been happening in my life. And I talked about, I've been kind of pondering and looking back at how, and we've talked about this recently. I think it, I don't know if it was in this book club, but just how, and I think we've all kind of been this way. We were all checklist members. You know, I, I accept my callings. I serve faithfully. I do hundred percent of my visiting teaching. I, go clean the church. I, you know, all those checklist things. We have family home evening and I don't know. And then, um, there was an incident that happened in our family and I realized, wait, I need to be better. And I didn't know what mm -hmm. that meant. And, and I was like, and I was so I was pondering that today on the plane as we were flying out here to Salt Lake. And I was thinking, why didn't I know like, why did it take me so long? And yet right here, he's giving us all those things that I probably needed to do to get out of checking the box. Mm. Like he's kind of giving you the formula there. Yeah. But you have to look at that. You have to think about that. Because I think a lot of people just look, oh yeah, I, I say my prayers. Yeah, I forgive people. I help someone in need. I, you know, but you have to look at that and really digest it to get what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate all of you guys, because when you share what you're doing, then it's like, oh, wow, I'd never thought about doing that kind of a search or whatever. And it kind of shows me how to think more, maybe out of the box and um, push myself a little more in ways to become more holy than I had thought so that I could learn more and grow more. 
So. Yeah, I love that. That formula to stop only just checking boxes to, mm-hmm. to grow come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there in verse 16, he stands ready to help us grow from the dramatic, unexpected events in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I we've been members for, what, 41 years? And it was just two or three years ago when I finally came out of the just being a member and actually trying to learn, and which is incredible. What was I doing for the first 40 years? (laughs) (laughs) All that time I missed (laughs) when I was a little more cognitive abilities. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. There's um, somebody recently... I kind of likened it to a honeymoon phase mm-hmm. where um, sometimes we just love the honeymoon so much that we're just there <laughs> way too long and don't get into yeah, the nitty gritty relationship building that, that comes later uh, with Christ. And uh, anyway, I just love that, that metaphor there of, yeah, mm-hmm. what was I doing that whole time? You know, like I could have been, because now I find that time is so short and there's not enough time to study everything that I want to study. I could have had all of those years to do it, you know, especially like you said, when my brain was fresh and I was young, I could do stuff. Um, uh, anyway, it's just interesting. <laughs> we lived over, we moved overseas in 2007 and in 2012, early 2013 we were trying to figure out what we were going to do the next assignment was going to take us really far away we were in panama we'd been in mexico city and now we were in panama and the closest one to the states we could be in after that was brazil i think it was brazil or argentina i want to say brazil and then after that it was like hong kong delhi i mean like way far away and we were starting to have kids come home to go to college and stuff. And, and we took it to the temple and that was some really interesting experiences. But I remember one night we got our answer that, yes, it's time to go home. And then my husband would say, well, I just want to play devil's advocate. I'm like, stop, stop. And I remember saying, I just feel like it's time to go home and get our house in order. And we moved to Arizona. We were there August to March. That was it of 2013. Uh, Well, 2014, we moved in March to um, South Texas. And we bought this house with 40 year old windows and didn't have screens. And I love my windows open. So I'd leave the windows open until mosquitoes started coming in. And we talked about, um, using our tax return for, um, new windows because those windows were bad. And I remember driving down the road and thinking about the windows and the spirit saying, or you could get food storage. And it was like, oh yeah. And we actually didn't buy new windows for, um, three years after we moved into that house. And it was during that time. So 2014, we bought the house 20, um, I think it was 2015. I started doing food storage and then I just really 
so the it was interesting that the physical came first, the temporal, and then almost immediately the spiritual woke up in me. Yeah. And and as I look back to that, telling my husband we need to go home and get our house in order, that was not just in my mind. I was thinking. Temp- Forty two years in February next year. In my mind, I was thinking temporal but the lord was really speaking in the spiritual mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it's always fun looking back and reflecting because it's like oh now i see the whole thing playing out like i get it but sometimes in the midst of it it's, it's an interesting um, or you start out the journey thinking this is where it's going to take me and you're still on that road. It just takes you somewhere other than you anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a fun ride. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's always fun, but it's definitely interesting. <laughs> well, um, well, anything else with, with any three of the uh, video messages and stuff? <clears throat> oh, sorry. Um, so just kind of a, a recap, I, I sent that email out um, with our kind of game plans going forward. Um, next week is going to be um, the Lance Richardson um, material, uh, the presentation called They Saw Our Day. I got done transcribing that and that's attached in the, the email. Um, the timestamps are associated with the MP3 file that I've got linked in that email. Um, they might not jive up with the audio audible version of it i'm not sure i haven't checked into it yet um but it is with that mp3 file um and then the next week um we're going to be taking a look at the two parables from anthony sweat's two little books um the holy invitation and the holy covenants um and uh anyway so i've got both of those um in a pdf there in the email as well, in case you don't have the books, but um, on Deseret Bookshelf, you can look at the, or listen to the audio version of it. Um, and then we we start lectures on faith. It's going to be a, a, a fun ride um, diving into to that material. It's been super fun. Like I said in the email, it's been such a, a pattern that I kind of knew it at the time, but like I didn't fully see it until um, we had voted on uh, lectures on faith and um, just kind of going to the Lord asking how we should probably do this or, or whatever. And he very clearly lined out what he's been doing all along. He's like, okay, the blessings of Abraham is exactly where y'all needed to start out. And then you needed to go to Isaiah and then Triumph of Zion, Book of Nelson. It's all very much planned out. And yes, you do need to go to lectures on faith next. And Anyway, it's been a, a fun journey with y'all, and um, I'm super excited for the, the next chapter because there are some, some very powerful teachings and blessings located in uh, Lectures on Faith. Um, it was part of the Doctrine and Covenants uh, until it was decanonized uh, back in the early 1900s, but um, I think after pondering on it so much, um, I can see the Lord's hand in the removal of it for a very wise purpose. And I think that that's because it needs to be sought after, not just 
readily consumed and kind of cast uh, under the feet, you know, like pearls before swine kind of thing. Um, but yet, because I mean, obviously it's all true or else it wouldn't have been revealed to the prophet Joseph Smith. Um, but the, the fact that it now has to be actively sought after and studied is, is an interesting uh, paradigm shift as we uh, focus on it. But, um, yeah, any comments, questions, anything kind of moving forward? If not, we will see everyone next week for, for they saw our day. Yeah, I tell you, I've went through it probably a good hundred times because I just love it so much of all the different timeline things and, and stuff like that. This one just resonates with me a lot. Um, but having the, the words in front of me was super crucial because I could listen to it many times and, and still miss on some of the things. But when I was transcribing it, I was like, oh, I missed that little detail before that I never got that. Um, anyway, highlight it, study it, footnote it. It's going to be a fun one to, to study together. Um, but yeah, anyway, we'll see everyone next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you. Hey, Cameron. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Cameron, we, um, we're doing four ordinations this week. Um, no, that one is next week, I believe, on the 18th. Awesome. Okay, I, I'm going to be gone this week, so I won't be there for, for Isaiah. Isaiah, yeah, and I wasn't sure if I was going to miss the other one, too. We have this conference, and we come home on Sunday, so. Gotcha. Yeah, it's on the 18th that the four ordinations is. Okay. And awesome. then the week after that's ham radio. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I got to keep studying. <laughs> yep. All right, thank you. Yep, we'll see you. Have a good night. Bye.